the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Russian drones strike central Kiev and other residential areas. Russia is attacking the same thing in Ukraine that they're attacking in Western Europe, and that is the, the energy infrastructure. President Biden opens applications for relief of student debt. It is nothing but a political payoff, uh, trying to buy votes. Rapper Kanye West agrees to purchase the social media platform Parlor. So people are using their technology to silo any messaging that they don't agree with. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Tuesday, October 18th. I'm Mike Scott. The White House stated that the U.S. would hold Russia accountable for what they considered war crimes. The statement came just hours after Russia attacked Ukrainian cities with kamikaze drones, killing at least four in an apartment block. For their part, Ukrainian troops shot down some of the drones with anti-aircraft rockets. According to Ukrainian reporting, the attacks were carried out by Iranian-made drones, which fly to their target and then detonate. The U.S. says that if Iran is supplying drones to Russia, it would violate the U.N. Security Council resolution that endorsed the 2015 nuclear deal between Iran and six other powers. Major General William Enyer joined News Nation and says that while the attacks on civilian centers are unacceptable, the type of drones Russia is using are not packing a big punch. What they are are... Um slow and small, relatively small. They only carry uh, somewhere between a 90 and 110 pound warhead. So you're not talking a a major explosive device here. And uh, they they, uh, fly at about 115 miles an hour. Typically they fly at very low altitudes. So they're relatively easy to shoot down. Uh, And in fact, the Ukrainians have had some success in in shooting them down. You know, when you look at the casualty numbers, uh, and certainly we hate to see anyone killed, uh, but you're, you're looking at four people being killed, so they're, they're not uh, devastating Kiev. Enyar goes on to say that Russia is targeting Ukraine's energy sector in order to freeze the country into submission. Russia is attacking the same thing in Ukraine that they're attacking in Western Europe, and that is the, the energy infrastructure. You know, we've seen them uh, turn off the Nord Stream pipeline. We've seen them cut off uh, natural gas supplies to Europe. Uh, in the hopes that this would shape Europe's resolve to back Ukraine. And they're using that same weapon against Ukraine. You know, you have a a cold continental winter there, uh, think Chicago or Minnesota, and uh, by damaging the energy infrastructure, they hope to essentially freeze the Ukrainians into compliance. I don't think it's going to be successful. Uh, These attacks have not had any military impact, really. They, They haven't destroyed tanks or battalions or soldiers. Uh, instead, they're, they're targeting civilian infrastructure. And 
And uh, it, it has not at all impacted uh, Ukraine's uh, uh, resurgence in the east and in the, in the southern part of the country. On Monday, the U.S. and Mexico said they will ask for support from the U.N. in order to engage in what they're calling a security mission to restore order in Haiti due to the unfolding humanitarian crisis there. The Caribbean country of Haiti is facing shortages of basic necessities due to a frozen economy, which has been brought about by a blockade of a fuel terminal by gangs. The blockade has halted transport and left many of the island nation without food or clean drinking water, leading to an outbreak of cholera. Correspondent Leah Harding says that in addition to protesting against the high cost of living, they're protesting the prime minister's request for help from foreign troops. Crowds of people move through the Haitian capital, Port-au-Prince. They're angry over a rising cost of living and a lack of jobs, and the prime minister's decision to ask for help from other countries to calm unrest. This man shouting against the need for foreign troops. The police respond with tear gas. Unemployment, the high cost of living, insecurity. It is for all these reasons that I am in the street. Haiti's economy has almost ground to a halt since a coalition of gangs blocked a major fuel terminal last month. The lack of gas and diesel has crippled transport and forced businesses and hospitals to close. Harding goes on to explain that the lack of clean drinking water has led to an outbreak of cholera, and that is exacerbating the crisis. The prime minister has asked for U.N. and international help in the form of troops. He urged the international community, including members of the Security Council, to consider as a matter of urgency the request by the Haitian government for the immediate deployment of an international specialized armed force to address the humanitarian crisis. The latest unrest has also led to a lack of clean drinking water. That has caused an outbreak of cholera. The last case was reported three years ago, following an outbreak in 2010 linked to U.N. peacekeepers. 10,000 people died as a result. Harding explains that the prime minister's request to the U.N. for help has led many citizens to demand his resignation. Many people in Haiti say international support has never helped them before, and they want the prime minister to resign. So, this request is an unconstitutional act. This is an act against the state. It is an action against the Haitian people's demands who want a free country where everyone can eat, have health care, and live like human beings. Haiti has had 12 prime ministers since an earthquake in 2010, flattened homes and infrastructure in many areas. Since then, the country has received more than $13 billion in aid, However, most are still struggling to even afford food and clean water. Lawmakers on Capitol Hill introduced a bill Monday that would punish any Haitian elites that were found to be colluding with the gangs. However, while the White House has been skeptical of sending troops to Haiti, the Biden administration has deployed a Coast Guard ship to the coast of the island nation alongside ships from Canada in order to deliver equipment to Haitian police.
The Daybreak Insider podcast will continue to keep an eye on this developing story in the Caribbean. The application process for student debt cancellation kicked off on Monday while the Biden administration announced that 8 million borrowers had already applied for loan relief over the weekend. The federal student loan forgiveness portal is now open through a beta mode website. You can now fill out an application. If you applied over the weekend, there is still one more step in place before your information is actually processed. Anyone who applied during this time will get an email confirmation, but their application won't be processed until the site formally launches. As of right now, there's still no date for that to happen, but the Biden administration said that's going to happen before the end of this month. Once processing starts, debt relief is expected to kick in within weeks. President Biden took to the podium yesterday and encouraged those eligible for potential relief to visit studentaid.gov, saying that the application process took only about five minutes to complete. Biden believes the student debt relief program is a game changer for millions of Americans. It means more than 8 million Americans are starting this week on their way to receiving a life-changing relief that they're looking for. It started today with millions more, and we're going to have the opportunity to do it as well. As millions of people fill out the application, we're going to make sure the system continues to work as smoothly as possible so that we can deliver student loan relief for millions of Americans as quickly and as efficiently as possible. The president went on to state that millions have already started applying for student loan debt relief. A new student loan application is now open. If you have federal student debt, please visit studentaid.gov. It's easy, simple, and fast. And it's a new day for millions of Americans all across our nation. The president went on to say that many Republicans are bashing loan relief as the midterm elections approach. Their outrage is wrong and it's hypocritical. I will never apologize for helping working Americans and middle-class people as they recover from the pandemic, especially not the same Republicans who voted for a $2 trillion tax cut in the last administration, mainly benefited the wealthiest Americans and the largest corporations, and didn't pay for a penny of it and racked up a deficit. Former Education Secretary Betsy DeVos says that student loan debt forgiveness is a terrible idea. Well, I think it's a horrible idea. It's uh, also, I think, patently illegal, and we're seeing the reality around that. As lawsuits are filed to challenge it, the Biden administration keeps changing the, uh, the parameters around whose loans will be forgiven. Look, this is horrible policy. It's not fair to the two out of three Americans that never took out college loans and that are now going to be shouldered with the burden of paying them. And you mentioned the $400 billion price tag. A recent Wharton study has suggested it will be a trillion dollars. So somewhere between $400 billion and a trillion dollars of, of, of taxpayer funds being shifted to those who haven't taken out college loans, who haven't gone to college. And this is, this is just an untenable policy, and it, it has to be ultimately uh, defeated, I believe. DeVos goes on to say that, in her opinion, student debt forgiveness 
is actually just a political stunt. It's nothing but a political payoff, uh, trying to buy votes in a off-year, a, a, a mid-year election or a midterm election. And it's, it's, a, it's a pitiful attempt to, uh, to buy those votes and to say to others who have, who have dutifully paid, who have you know, faithfully paid their loans or who have not chosen to take out loans, that you don't really matter. We're going to make sure to secure these votes because they know they're the most progressive votes. And, and uh, you know, it, again, it's just really, really horrible policy, not to mention the fact that having been at the Department of Education for four years, operationally, they're not even prepared to be able to handle something like this. So there's a lot of talk about it now and a continued revision of who's going to actually qualify. Again, just, I think, an indicator that this is an attempt at a political vote buy. The news comes as new inflation numbers have been released and as Jerry Boyer, host of the Meeting of the Minds podcast, says they're not good. We just got the new inflation numbers and they're bad. They especially expose the spin about this inflation being a result of the Russia-Ukraine war. You see, in addition to calculating overall inflation, the government also calculates inflation without including food and energy. They call that core inflation. And it's the highest since 1982. That means that even when you strip out the two categories of goods most affected by the war, we still have a once-in-a-generation loss in the purchasing power of the dollar. It might not be so bad if wages were keeping up, but they aren't. There really is only one solution to the problem, a power shift in Washington. We need a Congress which will ride the brake pedal on growth in government and the gas pedal on growth in the private economy. The GOP is suing the state of Pennsylvania in a renewed effort to block some mail-in balloting. Daybreak Insider's White House correspondent Greg Clugston has more on this story. The state and national Republican parties want to keep mail-in ballots, which lack the voters' handwritten date on the outside envelope, from being counted in the November election. The GOP's filing went straight to Pennsylvania's Supreme Court, with barely three weeks before Election Day, when Pennsylvania's voters will elect a new governor and U.S. senator. The legal fight has already reached both the U.S. Supreme Court and the state Supreme Court. Greg Clogston, Washington. Scientists at Boston University announced they've developed a new COVID strain that has an 80% fatality rate. The research was conducted by a team of scientists from Florida and Boston at the school's National Emerging Infectious Diseases Lab. Dr. Monica Gandhi, professor of medicine and infectious diseases, explains how the new strain of COVID was created. There's something about Omicron that it was less virulent, but more transmissible. We all knew this by this point, and we have multiple studies that show it's less virulent. The most virulent strains of COVID-19 were the original Wuhan HU was called Alpha and Delta. So they wanted to see if it was the spike protein mutations that made it less virulent by sticking the spike protein of COVID-19 Omicron onto the ancestral strain. And then they found that whatever the ancestral strain had over here beyond the spike protein, that was what was leading to virulence because this is a very deadly strain and it's very transmissible both. It has all the worst things going for it uh, in terms of causing disease. So I have to say I'm a little bit worried um, that this is created and I think point proven, let's destroy this now. 
Gandhi says that, in her opinion, the medical and scientific communities can't continue to mutate viruses, making them more deadly. From this, I think they were very careful, but the WHO has been very clear that we needed to have been more careful during this pandemic. They actually said, we have to investigate, we have to ensure that all biosafety procedures when people were working with coronaviruses, scientists were working with coronaviruses in labs, were followed. And that is the right approach. We can't not we can't keep on kind of fooling with um, viruses and make them more deadly. It has to be done very, very carefully. And in this case, we prove something, then destroy this and move on. You know, put out the results, move on. We, we don't want to keep on moving around with viruses. Rapper Kanye West, who has legally changed his name to Yee, has agreed to buy Parler, the social media platform popular among some conservatives. Breaking news this morning, Ye, that's the artist formerly known as Kanye West, acquiring social app Parler. Ye saying this in a statement, quote, in a world where conservative opinions are considered to be controversial, we have to make sure we have the right to freely express ourselves. The acquisition expected to close later this year. West joined News Nation and explained, why he wants to buy the social media platform. Well, I just, the, the CEO is just really uh, incredible. Like what he's been able to do, like even before uh, uh, we discussed me taking ownership of it, he was able to get it unbanned off of Google and off of Apple. So people had a, uh, uh, they, they had, they had a, I know there were some people who worked in social media that, hit by people immediately saying that the app was banned, but it wasn't the case. He actually had worked on uh, removing the ban on it. And why would I remain in a place where I'm toler just tolerated? Why not go to a place where I'm celebrated? It's actually something Kid Rock uh, uh, just gave me a text about that. Go to places where you're celebrated, not where you're just tolerated. You know, I bring a lot of... Uh, I bring a lot of attention to these platforms, to Instagram and to Twitter, and they silo you. They, they shadow ban you. Everyone knows I was shadow banned on Instagram. People would go and say, hey, you know, he's, he's running the algorithm, whatever, whatever term they use. And then I'd see on my Instagram that I had only reached 30 million people. And that's because Instagram is, uh, you know, was purchased by Mark Zuckerberg, who, from what I could see, has a left agenda. So people are using their technology to silo any messaging that they don't agree with. Parler, which has raised about $56 million to date, says it expects the deal to close during the fourth quarter of 2022. It did not give the deal a value. Credit Suisse has agreed to pay $495 million as part of a settlement with the U.S. over mortgage-backed securities that contributed to the 2008 financial crisis. Daybreak Insider's Julie Walker has more. 
The New Jersey Attorney General, which announced the settlement, filed a lawsuit in 2013 alleging more than $3 billion in damages, citing the involvement of Credit Suisse. In a statement, the AG's office says the agreement in principle holds the bank accountable for the loss of billions of dollars that helped put the nation in financial crisis. The Swiss bank says some of the transactions were prior to 2008. Still, the settlement allows the bank to resolve its only remaining mortgage-backed securities matter involved claims by a regulator, the largest it faced. I'm Julie Walker. The Gates Foundation wants to end polio worldwide. Daybreak Insider's Shelley Adler has more on this developing story. In an announcement Sunday at the World Health Summit in Berlin, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation pledged $1.2 billion to help implement the Global Polio Eradication Initiative Strategy through 2026. The goal is to end the polio virus in Pakistan and Afghanistan, the last two endemic countries. The group is also working to make national health systems stronger so countries are better prepared for future health threats. I'm Shelley Adler. And finally, if you or someone you know is a stargazer, one of the most radiant meteor showers is set to peak later this week, potentially sending hundreds of meteors across the Colorado sky. According to an article released by NASA, the Orionid meteor shower is expected to peak between October 20th and 21st with an expected 15 to 20 meteors per hour. We've got a lot to see in the sky this week. Let's start off with tomorrow night. We are going to be able to see Mars. It's going to be visible in the sky around 10 or 11 o'clock tomorrow night. That's going to be your best time frame to view it. And by Monday night, the clouds are going to be out of here, so we're not going to have any visibility issues. You'll also be able to see the last quarter moon, which occurs tomorrow afternoon at about 1.15 or so. That's going to be visible near Pollux, Castor, and Capella, three very bright stars. One of the most exciting things, though, that's going to happen comes a little bit later in the week. First off, though, on Wednesday, we're going to be able to see the bright star Vega. That's going to be visible in the west. And you may have noticed this really the past couple of weeks as this is the time when that star usually peaks. The Orionid meteor shower, though, is going to peak this week as well. And your best opportunity to view it will be Thursday night into Friday morning. Now, this meteor shower can sometimes produce about 5 to 20 meteors per hour. Your best time is going to be about an hour before dawn. And the result of this meteor shower is because of debris from Halley's Comet. Now, you can look in any direction, but you don't want to be dealing with light pollution. If you're hoping to catch a glimpse of the heavenly show, try to find a dark place with limited light pollution for optimal viewing. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at srnnews.com and townhall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.